cool cats. Eddie and Joe here with another episode of Hike Club. Hike Club. Hike Epis- Club. Episode three. Yeah, yeah. Episode trace. So uh, <clears throat> me and Joe went on a pretty nice hike the other day up in Santa Fe. Oh yeah, up in Santa Fe. It was just uh, it was just lovely up there. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah, we did the. Uh, what do they call it? Dale Ball Trail. Kind of a weird name. Yeah. But, uh, it's a pretty dope hike. Yeah. And uh, we learned a couple of things up there. It's a little easier to get lost on these kind of trails. Uh, yeah, especially. around a couple of times. Especially with my directions. Yeah, yeah. Eddie's directions, you know, I'm not going to lie. They're uh, they're hit or miss, you know. They're, they're mostly miss, but uh, once in a while they hit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, I was just about to say, but I got horrible uh, depth perception. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a little bit of a balance. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. It was good, though. It was good. We were out there for, like, I think four and a half hours just wandering. A little bit of it was aimless wandering because of my directions. Yeah, but, uh, no, it's a sick hike. If you make it to the, the top, uh, it's a really nice, really nice lookout. Um, probably one of the dopest ones that we've been on so far. Yeah, for sure. It's real steep. There's an area that you could take that's easier and harder. And what area, or which way do you think we went? We went the harder route. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because was... Eddie likes to push it to the limit, and I respect that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do push it to the limit. But it's good. I actually need, I basically need someone like that when I go on a hike, because uh, if it were up to me, I'd probably take the take the easy way, you know? I yeah, there... <laughs> There's definitely a point where Joe was, uh, where you were, uh, yeah, you were getting a little, you're like, Eddie, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know why. I was just feeling like, uh, kind of like, wow, I don't want to be doing this right now for like the first hour. Oh, yeah. But then, uh, you were totally right. Like, once we pushed through and got to the top, I was, uh, I was happy we did it. So, dude, it's, yeah, it was a really nice hike. Santa Fe's super cool. I guess they got like a lot more areas that we can, check out as well so that's pretty cool and taos that's kind of the next on our list yeah i think it's closed right now but i really want to hit up um tent rocks you've oh seen, yeah you've seen you know what that is right oh yeah i've been there yeah that's yeah, a good one i was um hanging out with my buddy nick yesterday and he said he went over and did it with his dad and uh he said it's like a long wait though usually like usually that you have to like wait to hike wait really a lot of people there yeah when it's open or at least when he went, maybe he went when it was busy, but like, hmm. cause they only let so many people like on the, the trail at a time, I guess. It's been so long for me. I don't, um, uh, I don't remember what the whole process was. It looks sick though. Like you're just like walking through those. Um, I don't even know. Obviously I'm not sure of the geological processes that created those. Yeah. Rocks, but I don't know. I, there, yeah, I don't know if I really looked into it. But yeah. it, I mean, dude, you know, the other day, perfect weather. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, is you can challenge yourself on the Dale Ball hike if you want to, which is nice. Yeah, you can either go a little easy or go a little, a little hard, which I really like. And then up at the top, what was it? Those fake peaks where every peak it was like a fake one. Oh yeah, there? there's like a that? few like false peaks. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. False peaks. Yeah, but it was pretty funny. Like once we uh. We got to the top, like, it's an intense hike, don't get me wrong, it's an intense hike, but then when we got to the top, there was, like, uh, this little tiny dog that had, like, walked the whole way up there, and, like, uh, 
some elderly some elderly folks that walked out <laughs> to the top. So, you know, it's it's definitely something we should be capable of doing. <laughs> That's why I was like, we're making it up to the top because I don't know uh, Joe's depth perception, your depth perception. Yeah, I know. I was looking at the top of the mountain and I was like, dude, there's no way we're making it. Like it I swear it looked like it was like, I don't know. Three hours away. It looked like freaking crazy. Like yeah, it looked to, really far away. Yeah, it looks crazy. But then I knew in my head, I was like, dude, we were like down there like 10 minutes ago, which was like way further down. Yeah. I was like, we are so close. So it actually took about 20 minutes, I think. <laughs> yeah, Joe was like, that's four hours away. And I was like, dude, that's, that's less than an hour. <laughs> yeah. So overall, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. But yeah, we're going to try and um, go on some more out of town stuff. We were talking about hitting up some spots, and uh, there's still a bunch of cool spots in New Mexico we need to hit up, but then um, maybe in, like, Colorado, too. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Even just get to some really nice outdoor areas. I mean, Utah, for sure. Utah's great. Yeah, a lot of people hiking right now. Yeah, there's a lot of hiking happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I'm pretty sure we've started a trend here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are uh, kind of the trendsetters. Yeah, so... No big deal. So, uh, Eddie, you had a recording session today, yes? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was recording. Uh, we were looking at some vocals and picking the vocals that we liked from some uh, sessions that we were doing. So, um, got some kind of 80s songs that we're working on and kind of like a Bossa Nova-ish song. and Bossa Nova? Yeah, you know, like... You know, like, kind of like, you know, Latin anything beat. You can, anything you can give the people of, a little taste, you know, maybe a little uh, a little sample or something. Huh? I don't have anything on me other than Oh, my... okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just uh, laying down some synthesizer tracks for one of the songs and uh, trying to give it that real, like, Hall and sound. And, uh... Yeah. Hall and Oates was a good guy. There's <laughs> two guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. But they were both great, yeah. It was a good combo. Yeah, man. Uh, so, I don't know. Recording's super fun. It's great. Uh, I was with uh, Michael McDade and Glenn Matisoff today, and they're both really awesome over at ABQ Post. And, uh, I mean, those guys are just awesome to work with. They've mm-hmm. got, like... Have you recorded with them before? Yeah. Yeah, I work, uh, I work with Michael, Michael a lot. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was cool because he was actually laying down some some uh, synthesizer parts because he grew up in the 80s and he played on a bunch of bands. So he was like just laying some down and I don't know, there was a good energy in there. Nice. Yeah. Where do you guys record at? So it's called ABQ Post. Hmm. Um, and yeah, it's a good, it's a good place. And don't worry, we're still social distancing. It was like me and one other person today. So don't call the cops <laughs> on us, whoever's listening, okay? <laughs> We were six feet away from each other. Yeah, I people, people will get on you for that, dude. I know. It's like, I'm like, dude, you gotta. I don't know. Some people, yeah, I'm, you know, whatever. But good news on that front. Uh, it does seem perhaps like things have settled or starting to settle down. Yeah. I, I saw this news article yesterday. It was like uh, saying that like New Mexico had like started to go down as far as the cases. Yeah, they extended it to May 15th for people that aren't from here. Um, they extended it to May 15th. Oh, did they? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Well, that's probably, I, I imagine that'll be the last extension, though. Yeah, it's two weeks, about so. two, three weeks. Dude, I've actually, like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I'm kind of, like, enjoying having an 
an excuse to just chill? Yeah, it's going to be weird to, like, when everything goes back to normal. I'm really looking forward to it, but I guess it hasn't been that long since everything's been closed. What, like a month? Yeah, it's been a month. Yeah. Yeah. The days just kind of start to, like, blend together. Mm -hmm. what day it is. Dude, yeah, there were some days where I was just laying around and I was like, oh, what do I have to do today? And I was like, you know what? Nothing. Yeah. I'm doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, school has kind of, you know, kept me with it, but that's about to be over in like a week. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. It'll be nice to have a, a little break from school, though. Yeah. Yeah. I could see. I could see the school, the way that it takes a toll on you, you know? It does take a toll, Eddie. It takes a toll, but whatever. It's for a, it's for a good cause. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm pretty close to being done, so. Yeah, man. Now, um, and Joe recommended a movie the other day for me to watch. It was uh, Mean Streets. Oh, yeah. the uh, It's a classic. It's Martin Scorsese's first movie with Robert De Niro. Yeah. Who's the other guy? Harvey Cattell. Harvey Cattell. Yeah, he's the other lead in the, such a good movie. Harvey Cattell, I like him a lot. Yeah, he's he's in a lot of cool movies. Like he was in uh, he was in Pulp Fiction. He was in uh, Reservoir Dogs. He's he's been in a few Tarantino movies. Yeah, you guys definitely need to watch Mean Streets because I, I I checked it out the other day, and it's great. Like I mean, there's that one scene that we were talking about with the Rolling Stones song playing. Oh like, yeah, I think they're in a strip club. Yeah, and then uh, tell me by the Rolling Stones. Yeah. yeah, and then like he's walking and kind of dancing, and then like uh, he's walking by these two girls, and the way that Scorsese does some of the lighting in it, where it's just like this red ambiance, and it kind of looks like hell a little bit. It looks like a bar from hell. You well, know? when you see those kind of shots, you can just tell that like even back then, he was on to it. You know? Oh yeah. Like even as like a young filmmaker he was always like really really good now mean streets is cool it's uh it's kind of cool to go back and watch movies from that time because you'll just like it's kind of like a culture shock in a way like how different movies were just like 40 years ago yeah dude it's wild the stuff you could put in there like back then that just like wouldn't fly today yeah well i think the thing i liked about that movie is i think it's a pretty like honest representation of kind of like how Italian, like, you know, the Italian life is up there, you know, yeah. kind of like the gangster stuff and all that. Yeah, definitely. It's like, it's like, you know, they're like a little bit racist at certain parts. They're mm -hmm. a little crazy, you know, mm -hmm. like there's, everybody's kind of on edge. Everybody's kind of dancing around the fire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of a cool story because it's not like, you know, he has so many like gangster movies and it is like a gangster movie, but like the story's different. It's not just like. Yeah, it's not like a true story, I don't think, right? No, I don't think so. Because he usually kind of does like stuff that's based around actual stories most of the time. Yeah, it's a sick soundtrack, though, too. I love the soundtrack for that movie. Oh, yeah. Just a bunch of... I, I don't know. Scorsese always like scores his movies perfectly. Dude, it'd be so cool to score a movie. I know. Me and Eddie were talking about that the other day, like being able to... How, how dope it would be to be able to score a movie. I was saying that somebody could score a movie with... With just, like, a lot of your original music that you've been showing me, dude. Yeah. Some of your old uh, Despot songs. What was that one that you showed me the day I really liked? Thrust? Oh, yeah. That one's sick, dude. Yeah, that's a funny <laughs> one, yeah. All that sex. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
Now, I think like, you know, it's really cool when you watch some of these guys like uh, Tarantino and they start off scoring the movie first, <clears throat> then they actually write the movie after. Yeah, he's got he's got a couple of really good ones too. Obviously, Pulp Fiction was a sick soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Bunch of killer songs. You still that. need to see uh, True Romance. Who made that? Tarantino. It's his oh, first right. screenplay. He directed it too? I don't know if he directed it, but it was but his he, first screenplay. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you know he wrote, um, or at least he co-wrote, I think, Natural Born Killers? He didn't oh. direct it or anything. It, well, is the that, story was by him or something. Is that who? Woody Harrelson. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, who made the movie though? Is It's not Ramirez, right? Or whatever no. his name is. Here, let me look. Yeah. No, that's a that's another crazy movie, dude. Very crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It was really nice. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's crazy when you get introduced to a lot of songs you would have never heard before. That was Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. Pretty yeah. good director. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a crazy movie, man. That's a wild movie. Yeah, you know, I've been trying to get Eddie to watch some... Uh, We've been trying to get each other actually to watch like different movies. What was the ones you were trying to tell me to watch? I still haven't watched like the, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, The Hobbit. <laughs> and it's, it's big on Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so. Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, never seen that one either. Yeah, I'm trying to get Joe more into the fantasy movies because there's this '80s fantasy movie thing that, like, when you lock into the '80s fantasy movie stuff, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. So cool. What is it? Um, Alan, the Alan Parsons Project. He uh, did the music for a movie called Lady Hawk. So good. Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk. It's like this 80s like kind of fancy movie, but they have all the synthesizers. It's like, like all this like just cool synthesizer music. and Yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's hard for me to get into that stuff. When do you think your interest began in nerdy things? Um, I used to listen to the audiobooks for Harry Potter a lot. Okay. And it's cool because the guy who would read those audiobooks would always do it in the voices. So, like, <laughs> they based the voices of the mo- from the movies off of the author, like, all of them. But so, wasn't it, uh, so it's, is it the author who reads the audiobooks, or it's no, like, no. an actor? Yeah, they usually have, like, a voice person do it, and then the guy who uh, read the Harry Potter books, like, when he, like, does the Dobby voice, he's like... Dobby has no master. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When they actually made the movies, they based the voice from the book into that, where Hagrid, Hagrid talks like <laughs> this, you know? And uh, Harry, you know? Then the guy who played Hagrid took the voice from the book and rolled with it. Okay, yeah. Same thing with Lord of the Rings, you know, with Gandalf. He's like, you shall not pass you know stuff like that they take it from the guy who read the book because he would do all the voices oh okay so he kind of set the stone or the stage for what would later become like the actual movie yeah for the voices of the movies oh that's cool yeah dude so i don't know when you hear all that stuff it's just fun to listen to you know like you you hear this person and they're doing like man it's like these guys are doing like 20 different voices 25 these guys that are reading the audiobooks Mm -hmm. so crazy they just create all these voices. That's a good job, honestly, reading audiobooks or being like a voice actor. Oh, yeah. Really good job. One of my buddies is one out in uh, California, and he does animation. He does, like, you know, anime stuff, video games, all that stuff. Yeah. Honestly, like, some of those, like, kind of, like, more behind-the-scenes jobs in the entertainment field 
are really where it's at, you know? Like, what was it? The other day, uh, that stupid show that's been on for, like, 30 years, uh, Jeopardy. Yeah, Jeopardy. And, like, there's this dude on Jeopardy who, like, reads the... He, like, tells people what they won. You know, he's like, you just won a trip to Hawaii. Yeah. And it's been the same guy for, like, I'm pretty sure a long time. And really? I'm like, I guarantee you that guy's getting paid a lot. Like, just to do, like... They probably send him the script, like, once a week. It's, like, 20 minutes of work, you know? You record it on your own time. And, I mean, that show's made so much freaking money. Like, I bet they uh, I bet they pay that guy out fat. So I know, right? That would be, like, the best job. It, especially in Jeopardy's case. Yeah. Because you, know? you don't want to be that... Uh, you don't want to be the host. Yeah. You don't want to be the, the, the lady who has to, like, touch the no. the letters. You know, no. she's probably got the worst job. Yeah. Vanna White. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it does suck. I'm glad I'm not her. I mean, she probably has a lot of money. Yeah, actually, she's got a pretty cool life. Yeah, You could yeah. do a lot worse than being Vanna White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, she I... was mentioned in that, uh, what's that dope song? That, like, rap song where they talk about her. It's, like, from 20 years ago. He's, like, sitting next to Vanna White. <laughs> <laughs> Fake cash. That's a good song, though. Dude, yeah. No, um, yeah, I really like, yeah, Mean Streets was a super good one that Joe Joe uh, threw my way. And, uh, yeah, like, dude, soundtracks are so good. I mean, I love, like, um, like what's that movie that we were talking about? Um uh, we were talking about the Gene stuff the other week, right? You know, and uh, remember like genetics? Oh, genetics? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Genetics and uh, um, it's like At- not Atticus or something. Some movie like that with Ethan Hawke in it. Um, oh, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. But it's like the sci-fi genetics movie where they choose everybody what... Yeah. What life's I going to have? And then, uh, but it has like a noir soundtrack, you know? And so I thought that was cool. Like it's all this like jazz music and that can really set the stage for an entire movie. Like, you know, the way that the lighting is and the way that everything looks, the music that's coming out. Yeah. Well, what's so cool about it is like if you pick the right song for like a right part in a movie, it'll, uh, it really like it enhances it to a point where it's just like crazy and it does something cool for the song and for the movie you yeah know what I'm saying like uh i know you didn't see it but i saw this movie the other day the new um guy Ritchie movie the gentleman and they put that song in the beginning from that band that you met. oh what's that band you met that one from? um yeah yeah the dave rawlings machine the dave rawlings machine yeah they put uh what is it called cumberland gap by david rawlings machine yeah dave rawlings, dave machine. rawlings machine and yeah uh, dude that is such a sick song and it just like sets the tone for the whole movie yeah man because i was telling you i saw them up at uh telluride uh colorado at the telluride bluegrass festival mm-hmm. and uh i met them and they are just like so nice the guy was asking me he was like hey man he was like how are you today and i was like good and uh he was like <laughs> i was like good <laughs> yeah i was like good and he was like where are you from i was like albuquerque new mexico He's like, how is it there? Like, he was asking me about my life, you know? Like, he was trying to grab it out of me, you know, to figure out what's going on. And then I talked to, like, Jillian Welsh, and she was really nice, too. And She's the singer? She's, like, the female singer in the band? Yeah, yeah. She's Big, got such a cool voice. She's just a tall, red-headed Irish woman. Yeah, you can you can hear, like, a little bit of, like, an Irish accent when she sings. I don't, I don't know if she's... No, I don't think she's actually Irish. I think she's from... Um, 
she's like you know like it's like like Virginia or something oh, in Nashville. Okay. She's just got an accent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's got a super good voice either way. Yeah, you should uh, listen to her solo stuff. Like when before she went in with uh, Dave Rawlings. So he must be a pretty big like a pretty big name like musician at this point, right? Yeah, they just all have a lot of respect. I think what was it? Um, was it John Paul? What's his name? Um, I don't know. It's the guy from Zeppelin, and he plays like mandolin in their group. Oh right, right, yeah. And then they've got um, John Bonham. No, no, not John Bonham. It's like John Paul. Yeah, yeah, something. Looked, or something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, something like that. And then uh, so there was him, and then uh, what? What was it? Uh, oh yeah, it's the guy Willie Watson from Old Crow Medicine Show. Um, he was one of the uh, background singers in that group, and I think one of the writers too. Nice. And Willie Watson is really cool. But the Telluride Bluegrass Festival is so cool because you got the stage that's up in the mountains. So you get the acoustics of the mountains up in there. And that that is a good time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know that much about bluegrass music, to be honest with you, but it sounds like it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh it's like just more like traditional country almost. They do like a lot of like they'll have banjos, mandolins, but a lot of them do like uh gospel style harmonies. Mm-hmm. But it'll be to like very like twangy bluegrass music. And then they have, I mean, like, uh, they got like a ton of different artists there too. Um, pretty sure that I saw, I don't know, there was a Jason Isbell was there too. Oh, okay. He was really cool. Yeah, Jason Isbell is like, that dude's one of the best songwriters out right now. Really? Yeah, he's great. I saw him over at, uh, was it the uh, Kiva Auditoria, maybe? Or like maybe Kima Theater, one of those spots downtown? That's a nice spot. Yeah, it was one of those. Actually, it wasn't the Kima Theater. Or was it? Yeah, it was Kima Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie, you, uh, you got a vast knowledge about music, that's for sure. Yeah, man. I just get really bored really easy. Yeah. It's like I look up new things all the time. <laughs> so, uh... What else has been going on this week? Anything on your mind? Dude, you know, I've just been, uh, just, I started eating fish again. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, started eating fish again. I was like full vegan for about eight months. Yeah, like I I think a lot of people who try to become 100% vegan do end up going back to eating some kind of pro, like animal protein usually. Yeah. I just think it makes sense to at least eat eggs and like like good like cage free eggs and like uh like fish, yeah. That's probably a good start. It's uh yeah, it's I don't know, I've really been trying to get a handle on my diet for the past, you know, year and a half, two years, trying to figure out what's best for my body. So I figured eliminating everything for a good amount of time would be good and then implementing things in and seeing what Because you did it for like eight months, right? Yeah, I think it was about eight months to a year or so. That's a pretty long time to hang in there. Yeah, it was just, uh, you know, after a while, man, I was just thinking about oysters for like three weeks. And I was like, man, like, you know, they say to listen to your body. And if my brain's telling me oysters for three weeks, I should probably listen to my body, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you you really like oysters, don't you? Big fan. Big, big fan. Big fan. Big fan of the oysters. Yeah. Too bad. Uh, I mean, you said we can get some pretty good ones here in New Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah. Whole Foods had some really good ones. Nice. They had West Coast and East Coast ones. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't even know if I've ever eaten an oyster. Oh, dude. Like, it just seems like, like a lot of people say the texture is kind of nasty. 
Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't know. Is it just, just like a slimy thing that you just like eat? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you just do it. All right. You just go in for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I and know. you just eat them plain, straight up, huh? You don't put anything on it? Yeah, I mean, I can see where people are coming from. Like, I'm not a big fan of pickles, you know? Like, I couldn't eat an actual pickle. Hmm. That's like, your reference from the oyster, is a pickle? Well, like, I, I don't like... I could do, like, a pickle sliced, but, you know, like, eating a pickle, like, bite by bite. That, like disturbs, a big, that disturbs you, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a little crunchy, which is kind of weird. It's like a green crunch crunch machine. Yeah. Especially, like, those uh, those giant... Those giant ass pickles they sell like oh, at yeah. a gas station. You ever seen somebody bite into one of those? Oh, it's yeah. not a good look. One of my buddies used to always grab them with tongs out of the thing and he'd be all drunk. Yeah, you like two in the morning. Really? Yeah, disgusting. Yeah, whatever that juice that they're sitting in, it's just nasty. Oh yeah. I'm like, you don't know how long it's been since they cleaned that, you know? At a I don't gas know station? A, well, because like a pickle is actually like what is it? It's like a pickled something, right? It's not an actual I think it's a cucumber. Yeah, it's a pickled cucumber. That's yeah, yeah. What a pickle is. Yeah. It's like, I guess the... It's not, I guess like, pickles, that, it's not like pickles grow on trees anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't know, man. Like, they're just kind of crazy. Like, I remember, like, one of my friends was like, come on, just try it one time. And, dude, I'll try just about anything, man, you know? Whether it's like, I don't know. Well, maybe not just about anything. But... <laughs> I'll try anything. <laughs> it's like, hey, do a backflip off the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yes. No, uh, but I think I had like a couple bites and I was like, man, this is just not me. You know, this is just not me. <laughs> Some people, it's them. Me? It's just not me. I'm trying to think if there's any weird food things that I like absolutely hate. I used to really hate avocado. But oh, really? I've since gotten over that. Yeah, the texture bothered me. Yeah, avocado is kind of weird, huh? Like, it's kind of hard to just eat them by himself. You know, you need to put a little lemon and a little, uh, like, maybe like cheyenne pepper on it. Cheyenne pepper? Oh, is it cayenne? It's cheyenne? cayenne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cheyenne. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Get off my back, okay? Hey, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to help you out. I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. But you know what? I'm going to call it Cheyenne pepper, whether you like it or not. Yeah, speaking of Lord of the Rings, I'm actually drinking out of a Lord of the Rings glass here. I know, I'm just trying to give uh, Joe subtle little hints on the way that he needs to direct his life. Yeah. No, I'm going to do it, dude. I'm going to try and sit down and watch it. I just remember when I was a kid, like, in the, the second movie came out, the Twin Towers or whatever it's called. <laughs> the Twin Towers. <laughs> the two towers. I, don't know, I don't know if those are the same movies, Joe. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah, when I was, like, nine, and there was, like, that rings. movie, The Twin Towers, <laughs> and I was traumatized. Twin and I Towers, Two Towers, you know, they're both towers, you know. Yeah, whatever. they're both towers. But it, long story short, yeah, I, I was just, like, way too long of a movie yeah like, especially when you're a kid this, dude. unless you're me yeah because i'm a genius well it's okay you don't have to i know you got a lot of pride you can't admit my genius to yourself <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no, no no i'm not actually a genius whoa I, whoa did you hear that everybody he's not actually a genius <laughs> <laughs> there's people out there who are just their lives have been turned upside down i know i know i'm far from a genius but you know what? Uh, Lord of the Rings is very good. That's a genius. J.R. Tolkien. Tolkien is a genius. What's that guy up to these days? He's dead. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, When did he pass away? Uh, I think a while ago, like 80s maybe, early 90s. Oh, so he didn't even get to see the movies get made. I don't think so. That's kind of weird. Yeah, his son did. His son took his a lot son of his had, work. His like, all the rights. 
Tolkien. Yeah, Christopher Token. Yeah, Christopher Token's awesome. He, uh, his dad had so much work laying around that Christopher Token went and grabbed all of it and collected it and turned it into other books so that, because I mean, Token was such a genius that he had everything just scattered around. He had all these ideas. He had all these books written, but... Uh, I wonder what his like writing process was. Well, so when he was young, I was talking to my friend Gary Kyle, um, and he, we, we talk about Token a lot. He's a uh, really cool guy. And uh, Gary was telling me that... Uh, I'm pretty sure he was the one that told me this. That token, he saw Beowulf when he was like eight years old. He saw somebody speak it in the original language. And which is, so it was a foreign language. Mm -hmm. I think token was about six or seven. And on the way home, he started creating languages in his head. He started the Elvish language, but it was actually called like Gnomish at that point. So there's like actual languages in this book. Or he created like actual fake languages for these characters? So he started off by creating three different languages. And those are all in the book? Um, so he has all of the languages written out. And then from the languages, he started branching off like early Latin and stuff like that. And then creating, you know, characters and started studying theology. So he created the languages first. He was obsessed with language. He was a professor at Oxford. And he was... Uh, you know, studied Latin, all that stuff, the derivative of words, where they came from, the history of them. He was obsessive over it. So how do you understand the book if it's in these three different languages? Uh, well, no, I don't think he wrote the books in the languages. He wrote languages first. Oh. And then I think he wrote parts of it in languages. Actually, you know what? He actually, I think I did read something that he wrote the books in his languages first. Really? His made up ones. Wow. Then translated it over. Yeah. I think he actually might have done that. So he's a nut. Dude, he is crazy. Like, he is a genius of geniuses. And he understands Christian and Catholic theology much better than Christians and Catholics understand it. There's actually a few books that I read. One's called The Gospel of Token. And the other one is um, uh, The Virtues of the Hobbit and stuff like that. And, uh, and, or, and token on God and stuff like that because he based a lot of the um, gods off of Norse mythology and uh, you know Celtic mythology. He wanted to create his own mythology. So he just took everybody else's and threw it into a book. Hmm. So with the Norse, what you got is... You know, in Lord of the Rings, you got the uh, Ring of Power. You know, you always see that. He's like, oh, the all-powerful ring. We all know about that because it's in pop culture. And uh, what the Norse would do is they would give objects personalities. So they give bracelets and stuff like that personalities. So that's part of the place that he got that from, mm -hmm. you know. And then, uh, you know, the guy who mm -hmm. uh, wrote uh, Ride of the Valkyrites. It's a classical piece. Uh, no, I don't, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a, uh, there is a symphony called The Ring, and Token had heard that symphony and was very inspired by it, and that's where he got that ring of power from. Mm, nice, nice. So, you know, these guys are, he's just inspired by everything. And... Inspiration's a funny thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because you get inspired by something, and you kind of make something else, and it's like, am I, is that, is that ripping off? somebody like when when does it go from being it's inspiring to like you're just taking someone else's idea you know what i'm saying well i think the, i'm not saying he did that i'm just asking you 
Well, I think the important thing is to understand where the word inspire comes from. Like the Latin derivative is um, breath and spirit. How the hell do you know that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so inspire, you know, um, so really even the derivative. Wait, say that again? It means what? Breath and spirit? Yeah. Okay. So the two parts of the word is breath and spirit, okay. like the Latin for it is. Uh-huh. So it's actually outside of yourself. Inspiration right. comes from outside of yourself. Right. Well, because well, I guess everything that's ever been created basically has to be inspired from something. Right. Like, where does it go back to? You right. know? Like, what, what, what's the first thing? What's the first musical note? Wow, that's a freaky question. <laughs> yeah. What's the first instrument someone created? Yeah, what's the first harmony somebody ever sung? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, and then you got chords and stuff like that, right? Yeah. You only have so many, this is, so when it comes down to publishing, that's why it's getting so psycho now with publishing. A lot of people are suing other people because... Apparently flutes were the first instrument. See, and that's super cool because I love the way a flute sounds. It's very ethereal. Um, Yeah, it says that they found them made from like mammoth ivory in like caves in southern Germany and shit, so... They've been around for a while. Well, that's the great thing about humans is that we're very musical, you know? I mean, we actually create harmonies and remember them, and we don't use it, like, really... I mean, we sort of communicate with it, I guess. With music? Yeah, but really, I mean, it's more of a way to relax and Mm -hmm. to relate, and it's actually, like, kind of like a way that we connect, you know? I mean, when you hear a really good song, it makes you feel a little bit outside of yourself, you know? Like, there's a greater thing out there so uh, yeah yeah well definitely music has like a a crazy effect on people that you really can't put into words i guess yeah when i hear a great classical song like i was like in europe and walking around especially in like uh bergen and uh oslo and i was listening to classical music and in france and what i would do is i would um i would listen to the classical composers that were from those places and walk around and kind of look at all the scenery. And there's just something about doing that that just brought me this, like, made me feel like I would, there's something outside of myself, you know? Very, uh, very inspired, you know? Inspired. Like when I was in France, I was listening to, uh, uh, is it, uh, Oh, I forgot the guy's name. Coochie like Butcher? Balloon? <laughs> Claire <laughs> Balloon, maybe. Dude, it was like, but, you know, so, yeah, man. I mean, like, for me, like, what generally happens is, like, I'll hear a song and it'll, like, really inspire me. And I'll go, wow, this is, like, really cool. And Billy Joel does this, too. Then you take the song, you learn it, and you go, well, like, but what if it was, like, done like this instead? What if it had this rhythm instead? What if it had these vocals instead? Like, how can I put my own personality into this? Mm-hmm. How can this stylization become a part of my expression? Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, like, have you ever heard Uptown Girl by uh, Billy Joel? Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Dude, it's like Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons. So you think he was inspired by that? Oh yeah, he even he even said he was. He showed like they were like, "What's your creative process?" And he was like, "Well, I learned this song." And he starts playing it over here, and he's like, "And then I was thinking, well, but what if I did it like this?" And then he starts playing it kind of like backwards and trying out different things. 
But like, you know how, um, I guess, well, that's a lot different than like, uh, you heard about like what happened with Led Zeppelin and the song Stairway to Heaven. How like, oh, yeah. They say that, I guess that song was like totally ripped off, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, if you listen to the, uh, the original guys that did that song, and, like, and here's the thing that Led Zeppelin, they were hanging out with those guys. You know, they were like all touring or something, and then they took the part of that song. But, you know, I mean, like, Stairway to Heaven's still a really good song. You know, I mean, yeah. Lyrically, it's a great song. And. Oh, yeah, so basically, they just still like the kind of the music, like the, the guitar part and stuff. Yeah, the da 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 da. But, yeah, they totally did rip it off. I mean, like, Led Zeppelin. I bet, you know what, like, in a weird way, like, we all kind of rip something off. It's just how much you rip it off, I guess. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's like how much of like, uh, I think it's like, you know, in publishing, they say that you can't steal a chord progression, mm-hmm. but you can steal a chord progression with a melody. So if there's a chord progression and the melody is too similar, like if those both line up, then you're screwed, mm-hmm. but you could never steal a chord progression because if that was the case, then every country song would be, have been stolen. Yeah. You know, E, A, B, those are the chords of a lot of, you know, one, four, five. Or, yeah, or like, um, just like, yeah, there's so many chord progressions on guitar that mm-hmm. are, you can attribute to a ton of different songs. Oh, yeah. Like, like the knocking on, I don't know, what, I can't remember the actual chords, but like the chords for knocking on heaven's door, those yeah. three chords, those are like in a million songs. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can never rip off. But then where it gets a little crazy nowadays is you got guys that are able to sue people over like they'll take like a melody that's just like a minor melody like it just like walks up note by note which is just a scale and then they'll try to sue somebody and say oh that was in my song first and i was like that's like in every song ever man you know yeah and they actually win like there's like there's like some christian group that won in a lawsuit against uh katie perry because she used a minor walk up and it was insane it's like four or five notes that everybody's used ever. These guys somehow claimed that they had owned that. And they that... got paid? No, yeah. yeah. You got to respect that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, dude, Katy Perry probably doesn't need any more money. Right. That's what I think. I was... do like Katy Perry, though. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I, I think, think she's she's cool. Yeah. Pretty hot. Yeah. I dig her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I used to listen to, I don't know, some of her... But yeah, it used to be like party music when you were like hanging out with a bunch of girls. Yeah. You know? She's just like... So, so I mean, I got some great memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It's no, like, I remember... Some of her songs just pump you up. I remember like really hot girls when I was 18 years old and we were all cruising around in convertibles and listening to California... Uh, what is that song? Remember the one with Snoop Dogg? I don't know the name of it, but I know which song you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Wow. That was a catchy one. It was a catchy one. That's the pop formula, man. You find something catchy and then you just say it so many times that it turns into a little jingle in your head that you can't get out. Yeah. Well, I think that's like uh, actually how they try and make these pop songs. Like they, they go into it trying to make something that like you're not going to be able to get out of your head. It's like a manipulation really in some ways. It's like commercials. They learned it from commercials. That's what pop music. It's like it's commercials revamped. Like, you know, yeah. when you're watching a commercial and then they're like, uh, chi 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 you know, and then you're like, oh man, like, okay. They took that whole formula. They're like, oh, they get stuck in people's heads. Well, uh, we'll do a, I love you like a love song, baby. And then you're sitting there, you hear that song once 
And then you're like, wow, can this get out of my head? And then you... But there's a genius in being able to create something like that too. Like these like commercial taglines and stuff that people, you know, you can make a ton of money that way. Yeah, you can. It's not exactly like the most musical. Yeah, it's low hanging fruit. Yeah, it's for sure low hanging fruit. But it's, uh, I think there's something to that. Sure, yeah, man. I mean, like the pop formula, there's something to it. There's money in it. Yeah. It's not necessarily authentic. Yeah. So I, I guess that's the thing about it being a musician is like if you're a musician for the right reasons or not, you know? Like it seems like you're a musician because it's what you love, you know? You're not, I know you do want to make money, but I don't think you're like purely doing this just to make money. Well, I, I think that it just depends on how big of a risk you're trying to take. If you want to not take a risk at all and be vanilla and be a pop star, go for it. But you'll never have a personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you'll be, you'll be the vanilla of all the vanilla, you know? Yeah. It's like going to a, you know, vanilla ice cream store. It's like, yeah. man, maybe I want a little chocolate. Well, you can't go to the vanilla ice cream store to get chocolate. You got to go to the regular ice cream store. I mean, have you been to the, the store? They sell all flavors. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm saying, but if there was a vanilla, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just screwing with you. Yeah, I know, I know. You, you pick it on me a little. I get it, I get it. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's, that's cool. It's just, uh, it's interesting to see how, like, creative people work because uh i myself i feel like if i tried to write a song it would not come out well but uh, i feel like i could probably write like i don't know like i'm i feel like i can write like good like musical stuff not like lyrics like i'm pretty good at playing guitar Mm -hmm. and i come up with some kind of cool stuff like that way but like i feel like lyrics is where it's really hard you know yeah i dude i mean lyrics can definitely be hard i think that I don't know, like last night, man, like I just go through little things when I'm writing, like I'll, like if I'm really trying to write, sometimes it doesn't come out. I get a little writer's block. Mm-hmm. Then I know where I was like sitting at my piano and then this like little melody came into my head. Couldn't get it out of my head, you know? So I started just playing along and then I just kind of developed it from there. And then you just keep going, you play it like, you know, the chords and then you keep going back over and over again. And singing the line and trying to find the right lyrics see but for me like inspiration comes outside of myself like i I never i'm never like oh yeah this is me yeah i'm a badass oh this is sick it's never like that it's more like it's more like oh whoa like i'm excited because i'm like i don't even feel like i'm writing it it's just kind (laughs) of it just shows you writing you're just like oh man i'm such a badass oh shit it's sick (laughs) oh god I was like, man, I wish people were as cool as me. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, the writing process is kind of weird, man. Like sometimes like something that I think is awesome, I'll like hear it back and I'll be like, oh, wow. Like, you know, I need to like rework that a thousand times. <laughs> You're like, oh, wow, that was actually terrible. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, I mean, like, I think part of like writing music is that you have to write a lot of songs. You have to just like, I mean, you just keep writing and writing and writing. Some people write every day. They'll write a song a day, and a lot of them are junk. But then if you write 365 songs, I mean, there's got to be one in there that's decent, and you're going to get better at writing, too. Yeah, you'd think so. But, yeah, I don't know. And I like writing all kinds of different styles. Like, you know, I've written, obviously, rock music and um, country music, jazz music. I like music in general, so... um, so what's the plan for um, like these current sessions you're doing? 
I'm actually just trying to take my time with these songs. Like I don't want to rush them. I want to, uh, I want to take my time with them. I uh, don't want to put a deadline on them. I want to work them until, you know, they're exactly where they need to be. I'm not going to make that decision of them being exactly where they need to be. I'm going to let other people say, Hey, you know, this could be better right here. Um, and then, but I mean, you like, you want to put out like a, like another album or what, or I mean like an album or like what? No, just like uh four or five songs. Yeah. Just like a little EP and uh, probably do another music video. And uh, yeah, like the music videos. Those are fun. You should make like the, on the album cover, it should just be you like with your sleeves rolled up and you're like shrugging. <laughs> I'm like, what's the deal? <laughs> oh, what are you listening to? I don't know. Can I borrow a feeling by yeah. Andy Brewer? <laughs> <laughs> it just shows you, like, hey, can I borrow a feeling? <laughs> yeah, dude. You know, I mean, I think music's good. It's good to be like, you know, multi-dimensional artist, you know. It's good to have your hands in a few different things. Music is good. I am not a fan of musicals. Oh, really? I love singing in the rain. Yeah, you know which one I really can't stand is The Sound of Music. Love that. I, I just cannot stand that Oh, movie. dude, I love it, bro. I love the soundtrack. Yeah? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I like that one. I, I mean, there's a lot that are, like, really... I like. I hate some theatery stuff, you know? I hate theater, like, voices. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what it is about musicals. It's just like, you know, what am I, what am I doing here? Yeah, there's I'm like listening to a song or a movie. This is like some sort of weird perversion of the two. I'm not into it. It depends, man. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe going to see one. Like, I want to go see that. Uh, I guess that's more theater, but like, I want to go see um, the Book of Mormon. Oh yeah, that's like a musical, right? Yeah, I saw Singing in the Rain, the theater version of it, and that yeah. was super cool. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, but I don't know, dude, like, I kind of like, I'm not a big fan of theater voices, you know, where they're so trained and overly trained that it's just like, it's just almost like a machine, you know, their voice is like a kinda machine. Kind of like opera voices, kind of, is that what you mean? Like, yeah, uh, opera is a little better. Uh, you know, it's just where it's so trained that you're just like, oh, okay, there's like no personality behind this. Right. It's like, oh, okay, like, this is a theater voice, you know, um. I like, I don't know, I like voices that are a little different, you know? So I love Chet Baker so much. That guy's got such a unique voice, especially in jazz. All those jazz guys were trying to sing, you know, like Sinatra, and there was like these big, boomy voices and Italian-sounding voices, and then Chet Baker comes in and almost like an effeminate high voice that's like kind of nasally and... It's just You're like, different. who is this effeminate? Nice <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's like it's it's authentic to him. Like he has a sound. It's the, it's the San Francisco jazz sound. That's Chet Baker. Um, I don't even know who Chet Baker is. Uh, Chet Baker is sick. Is he good? What's yeah. his best song ever? Uh, well, I would say people would probably agree that uh, my funny Valentine is his staple song. Mm, okay. But he's a guy, see, this is a different type of art, right? He, it's the art of interpretation. That's what jazz is. You know, rock is the, you know, art of putting out, you know, a kind of a showy, like kind of energetic song. You know, it's kind of like, it's very up in your face. It's like original up in your face music, kind of. It's got an attitude, like rock's supposed to kind of have an attitude. Um, like that rock song attitude like that rock song attitude 
like, uh, you know, it's like, you know, like Mick Jagger's dancing around and singing a bunch of stuff, you know, like he didn't like person his lips all the time, you know? Yeah. And so it's like the sex appeal type thing. But like, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, Mick Jagger is, uh, you know, he's cool and, you know, he does the sex appeal thing and, you know, country music, storytellers, you know, there's a lot of different types of music. <laughs> Yes, Eddie, there are. Yeah. Um, no, the Rolling Stones are funny because they uh, they really prove people wrong as far as this whole like, oh yeah, you gotta eat right and like not drink, not do any drugs. Like those guys partied super, super hard. Mick Jagger didn't. Well, Keith Richards though. Oh yeah, Keith Richards. Definitely. He took it farther than anybody. Yeah. And he's still up there like kicking. Yeah. Doing his thing. Fucking bastard. It just goes to show you that like you know you it's never like a one to one. Yeah. You know what I mean, like you might be healthy your whole life and still die young i know and then you might be fucking keith richards yeah so it's like that i think there's a lesson there somewhere you know <laughs> <laughs> keith richard gets to be alive and you don't <laughs> or maybe just like i don't know like gotta live your life you know what i'm saying yeah you don't get to uh choose your choose your circumstances it's in God's hands now. You have to play the hand you dealt. Too bad the hand you were dealt was aces high. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. You know, uh, but yeah, man. You know, it's been a good week. Has what, it? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a pretty good week. I mean, it's been a little all over the place. Dude, uh, so I know last week we had some goals. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. Yeah. Yeah, you just reminded me earlier. Yes, I did. Yeah. That was a little inside joke because uh, I reminded him earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize that we had goals. Do you remember what mine were? Uh, I that... think yours were to like do some meditation and Ooh. to... Uh... God, what else were your goals? I believe one of your goals was to not eat as much ice cream. Oh, crap. Wow. <laughs> wow, I better set the bar a little bit lower for myself this week. So I'm guessing you, you didn't succeed on that one, did you, Eddie? Yeah, I've been meditating less and eating ice cream more. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, I'm human. Get off my back. It's all good, you know? It's all good. Is it, though? No, it's not. <laughs> you need to get your shit together. I know, yeah. No, actually, honestly, dude, for everything being on quarantine, I feel like um, we've done a pretty good job. Yeah. There's, you know, you could use this as an excuse to just sit around and watch TV all day. Yeah, which some days I do. Right. But well, I would even be doing that even if I wasn't quarantined. Yeah, yeah. So I'm living my best life. I would say I'm, I'm living my best life too. That's a good way to put it, Eddie. Yeah. We're being productive. Yeah. You know, we got things going on here. Yeah, do you know what? I haven't been gaining weight, which is nice. I thought I was going to be gaining a lot of weight. Oh, nice, nice. But, you know, I was like, oh, man, if I eat all kinds of ice cream, I'm going to gain weight. Guess who hasn't been gaining weight? Well, dude, we lost a bunch of weight when we did that intense hike the other day. Oh, I know. That was crazy. I was at, like, 153. It went down to 148. Yeah, that's that's insane. And yeah. then we ate a bunch that night and still, like... Dude, I still held the 148. Yeah, that's nice, dude. Yeah, except, oh, man, that was the worst, though. I went and got some fish and chips from this place. Uh, chewy, like, rubber ties. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? And and this place, we're lucky. We're lucky that 
or you're lucky that we don't put you on blast right now. Yeah, we could. We could yeah, put we you on could. blast. We, we could totally put you on blast. You know, this is a big podcast, people. Yeah, yeah. We could honestly get your business shut down. <laughs> <laughs> no, we definitely could. No, but uh, the only reason I'm not going to mention their name is because overall they're a pretty good restaurant. Yeah, say. no, usually they're really time. good. Yeah, just, just one time. These yeah. fish and chips, man. They're so chewy. And do you know what I didn't get? I didn't get a lemon, and I didn't get tartar sauce. So you let's, know? Yeah, let's throw that out there right now. Anybody listening who's ever prepared fish and chips, that's a must. Yeah, it's you don't not. Ask. Yeah, you, you put in you put in tartar sauce. You put in a slice of lemon. Yeah, like a human being. Yeah, if there's no lemon, no tartar sauce, there's no fish and chips. Yeah, honestly, eating fish and chips without that is like, I would rather just die. Yeah, no, <laughs> I felt like I was dying a little bit eating it. Yeah, but then, you know, you know I, I spent $20 at that point, you know, on fish cheap. and chips. That's not cheap. It's not a cheap thing. Yeah. We're in New Mexico. Money doesn't grow on trees. It doesn't grow on trees. Technically, it does because it's made of paper. So it definitely does grow on trees. <laughs> but not in that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know, dude, yeah. I don't know. You know, I mean, the oysters from Whole Foods. See, I'll give them. I'll call Whole Foods out for being good. Good oysters. <laughs> Good people. The surface was great there. I go over to Whole Foods. I walk up to the seafood section and they greet me. Do they greet you? They greet me with great positivity. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like getting a positive greeting. Oh, yeah. And then they were just helpful. Dude, and then they were like telling me basically like, I haven't had oysters in so long since I went to New Orleans. And so, you know, the ones on the West Coast, they're generally like... uh, they're not as round. West Coast Charlies. West Coast Charlies. <laughs> they're generally a little smaller, but a little taller. You know? Mm-hmm. And then the ones from the East Coast are generally a little wider. A little chewier. East little... Coast Chewies, they call them. No, 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 no. <laughs> East Coast Chewies. They're not chewy at all. They're not muscles, Joe. But they're a little wider and shorter, you know? Sounds like you need to live near the sea. Yeah, dude, I am. I need to live the Mediterranean lifestyle, bro. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fish guy, but uh, oh, if you'll you be... live somewhere that like, or if you if you've ever been somewhere where it's like, like, dude, when I was in Maui. Oh yeah. Boom. They got some great. Uh, what's the mahi mahi mahi? Oh, dude, that sounds so good. Yeah. I can make a killer mahi mahi, dude. Yeah. See, the thing is, you mean out here you can. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can make a good. You gotta get the frozen mahi mahi. That kind of sucks, but yeah. (sighs) Fish is a it's a strange thing, you know. Dude, I used to live in um, Maine and do lobster left and right, and it was like the price of chicken. Did you know lobster used to be uh, like a poor people food? Really? Yeah, like when it first came out, like back way back when, uh, like rich people wouldn't eat it. It was considered like for poor people. That's so weird because it's so good. Yeah. Lobster, I like. I prefer crab. Lobster, lobster is a little rich. Dude, have you ever had crab cakes? Oh, crab cakes are the bomb. Oh, jeez. Oh, Nothing man. like a good crab cake. Dude, yeah, man. I'll tell you what doesn't make me feel crabby. Crab cakes. <laughs> I wonder if uh, any crab cake places have used that. Because that would be a great slogan. I know. Feeling crabby? Come have some of our crab cakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, man, I love Trademark. Crab- Trademarked. Yeah, I love crab cakes, man. Big fan. Big yeah, fan. Dude, huge, huge fan. 
Eddie, Ultimate fan. Eddie's really good at impersonations. That was uh, Donald Trump, if you guys couldn't tell. Huge. Huge impersonation. The ultimate impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's kind of one of the weird things about recording a podcast? Huh. Like how you just like... Because like normally when me and you have conversations... We're not just sitting across from each other looking at each other. <laughs> no. So it's like, yeah. I have to look away sometimes because yeah. I'm just like, I'm just sitting here looking Eddie in the eyes and it's just like his cold, dead eyes. They, uh... Yeah. And I am very, I like to look people in the <laughs> eyes until they're uncomfortable. Until they just can't even stand it. <laughs> yeah. But it's just kind of, it's like a, it's like a really good way to have a conversation because you're like totally there. But it's yeah. like something to get used to. I think because like nowadays we're so used to like being able to like uh, check our phones and like do all this different stuff that it's like kind of a kind of a strange experience to like sit there and really just be one-on-one having a conversation oh and then you have to be mindful a little bit you know oh yeah yeah i can't be as impulsive right now as i'd like to be yeah i'd like to make you cry yeah i would i would love i would love for you to make me cry (laughs) i'm a masochist (laughs) i'm an emotional masochist or uh sadist or masochist no masochist yeah i like yeah sadist is a person who is like a dick well you know what they say that a uh, sadist is just a masochist that practices the golden rule Oh, good one, Eddie. Yeah. That's actually pretty funny. Yeah, I read it uh, this book called uh, Plato and Platypus Walk Into a Bar. Hmm. Yeah. That's a name. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's basically they explain uh, philosophy to you. They'll explain what the philosophy is, and they'll start to make jokes based around the philosophy. Hmm. Yeah, pretty interesting book. Kind of crazy, but interesting. Yeah. See, I need to start reading a little bit more. I feel like... um... I haven't sat down and read a good book in a long time. Dude, yeah. Reading, um, it's hard because, I don't know, I feel like I'm always moving. Yeah. You know, so I always like to go on walks and do stuff like that. I'm always driving somewhere. I never really, generally, if I'm going to be at home for like three hours, I like to watch a television show, not read, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just because, I don't know, maybe it's just, but if if that was taken away, you'd be reading real quick. Yeah. Oh, I would, yeah. Yeah, so that's like maybe a benefit of like, Staying away from electricity for a couple hours a day, trying to read. Oh yeah, well I like audiobooks, man. I don't know, I'm kind of a fan. I'm more oh, of a listener. Are great. Yeah, I'm more of a listener. I like to listen to things. Yeah, didn't you say Audible doing like free books right now? Or something? Oh, dude, so cool. Yeah, I just got like forensic, uh, the Great Courses forensic course. It's so crazy. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, they just talk about all these like murder cases and how they caught the murderers or. How they're able to tell if they were, uh, you know, murdered and how and why. We can tell this guy was murdered by a murderer. (laughs) (laughs) We can tell because he has a knife right in the middle of his forehead. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say this wasn't natural. (laughs) (laughs) Notice how both of his ears are cut off. I think that the man that killed this man wanted to be heard. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I think the killer just wanted to be heard. <laughs> It'd be really funny if you were like a, like kind of like a Sherlock Holmes detective, but like the police would call you in and like, you know, they'd get kind of pissed like, oh, Jesus, this guy again. And you would just like come take over the crime scene also. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, listen up. <laughs> Johnson, I want you on the east, northeast part of the house looking into a corner. <laughs> you're like, the killer must have sat through, you're like, the killer probably sat there and watched them for hours before. 
before killing them, and they're like, Eddie, there's no evidence of that at all. And you're like, eh, I, I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. It's like, Deborah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down on this couch where he was murdered, and you're going to massage my shoulders. <laughs> She's like, how is this going to help? It's like, Deborah, Deborah, just, just, just let me have my process. Just let me have my process. I understand the crime scene better than everybody else because I'm the greatest detective in the world. Uh, yeah. poor, poor Deborah. Poor Deborah. Yeah. See, dude, I love Sherlock Holmes, man. Do you ever get into Sherlock Holmes? No, I can't. I like, uh, you know, I like the the pipe that he smokes. I feel like that's a good look. Yeah, know? it is a good look. Just being kind of puzzled, like, well, not puzzled, like you're thinking about something and you got a, like a pipe. It's a good oh look, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well. Just like who could have done this? <clears throat> I was listening to this uh, audiobook called How to uh, Think Like Sherlock Holmes because I'm... Of course you were. Because that's me. Um, and they said that actually they were studying... Um, so you know when you like are at a problem, like maybe it's like homework or maybe it's like writing a song or painting and you're stuck? Yes. And then, you know, Sherlock Holmes goes and smokes his pipe and steps away from the problem. Then he comes back, and then he's figured the problem out. They actually say that that's a very good scientific method for when you're trying to figure out something or solve a problem. Because what happens is your brain, it's a muscle, and uh, it, gets, it gets worked kind of to its extreme. It's like you know, you're bench pressing, and then your arms tank. And except your brain... Sweet gym reference there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> except your brain doesn't need as much time to recover. From, the, from being worked. So if you leave the situation and go for like two to five minutes and smoke a pipe, get away from the problem, your brain will actually get stronger within that period and you can come back and attack the, uh, attack the problem and, you know. I guess that makes sense it. because like they say like, you know, if you try to like retain information late in the day, like when you're tired, as opposed to like first thing in the morning. Yeah. It's like better to learn, I think, at certain times. Oh, they think it's better to learn in the morning. I mean, I'm not sure. I, I would imagine that's the case. Because you, you know, like at night, I just noticed like when I'm studying personally, like at, for school and stuff. If it's like late at night and I'm trying to study, then I just don't like you don't retain the stuff as well as if like that's so weird. Because I'm like the complete opposite. Really, dude. Like the morning time, dude. I, like no. Like I like like if I go if I'm at school early in the morning, like seven or eight. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I would never be at a school that. I'm talking like noon. I think like even if I was at school at noon, I'd be a little like, Ugh. I like being like in my laboratory, you know? I like being in my like room and the, the lights dim and being <laughs> moody, you know? I wanted to be very moody when I'm, <laughs> when I'm studying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind the next time I study. Let yeah. Get, let me get some moody lighting in here. Dude, you should. Yeah. Get a pipe and then really just... just just go into the situation like that, you know? Yeah. Well, Eddie, I think uh, we better wrap this one up. But goals this week? Should we actually set some goals? or? Well, why don't we just set like a good, uh, maybe like a hiking goal. Yeah. You know, like let's try and say that we're going to hike where? Taos? Yeah, let's say we're going to hike Taos by a week from today. Okay. All right, that's, that's a pretty good goal. That's a good goal, and... Um, and for all you dreamers out there, I hope you're setting your own goals as well. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, guys, uh, really appreciate you hanging out with us. I'm Eddie. I'm Joe. This is Hike Club. 
we'll uh, catch you next time and uh, make sure to follow us. Uh, the real JT is uh, Joseph's Instagram. Mine is Eddie Brewer Official. You can find updates on podcasts, stuff like that. Uh, and oh, there's an underscore at the end of the real JT. Oh, yep, there's an underscore. And then, uh, so yeah, make sure to follow us. Uh, you can catch up on Joe's comedy, catch up on my music, and then you can also catch up on our podcast and see when we're going to put these puppies out. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you.